The Matrix. It's the series we're in. And, uh, you know, the Matrix of the world says life's all about you. If something doesn't work for you, you dismiss it. I mean, the Matrix is don't worry about anybody else. You do you. It's a soul-sucking existence. And the matrix leads to division, self-centeredness, emptiness, and bondage. And many people don't even realize it. You know, the matrix, I believe, is part of Satan's plan. You know, Jesus said this. He says, the thief, Satan, comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come in order that you might have life, life in all of its fullness. Jesus came to set us free, to give us life, a life that's full and abundant. And Jesus, when he came, he ushered in a new reality, a new Zion. It was the church. In fact, the Apostle Paul defines this, and we looked at this last week. It says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers, authorities, and heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. The church was God's design all along to bring in a new reality, to uh, allow the church to bring heaven to this earth. And so Christ followers, church, we're to wake up, you know, and resist the matrix of the world, to resist apathy, you might say. We have been called by God to release heaven on this earth. You are the one. God longs to use you to release his love in this world and his grace and his peace and his mercy. God longs to use you to help and reach people who are in bondage, who desperately, desperately need Jesus Christ in their life. And Jesus Christ is the only hope for this broken world. How many of you uh, remember the game, Sorry? All right. You remember playing that? <clears throat> the object of the game, basically, the first one to get their four pawns from start to home, that, that was the object. It, it sounds simple. And in fact, to just look at the game, you think, oh, it might be a little bit boring. But a game like that, in the hands of my brother and me, it was anything but boring, trust me. We, we would start out of the gate fighting about what color we're going to be. And I would always go, sorry, I'm Steeler Yellow, buddy. And uh, we, the focus was to get your four pawns home. But when we played, there was really a secondary object that usually reigned in our game, and that, that was to knock your opponent back to the beginning. And you did that either by landing on their, their space and sending them back or by drawing the all-powerful sorry card. Remember that? 
Now, I will tell you, when I would draw the sorry card, I had a routine that went something, something like this. I mean, I'd kind of drag it out. I'd draw the sorry card. Oh, man, I can't catch a break. One lousy space. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, it's one giant leap for mankind. And then I'd flick my brother's pawn across the the board and dramatically replace it with mine. Sorry. Our play... How many of you have got brothers, by the way? I'm just curious. Yeah. So our play would disintegrate, deteriorate. We would descend down the rabbit hole, and we would start fighting. And because I was the oldest, I think it was because I was the oldest, mom would go, Damon Lee, get in here. And if I heard my full name, I knew I was really in trouble. She'd go, what happened in there? Well, I would explain and kind of tell her what, what had happened. And uh, she would go, go back in there and you apologize to your brother. You know. So I would go back and I would always think of creative things to say. I'd go, sorry, you're so sorry at playing sorry. <laughs> I was usually the sorry one when dad got home, but that's a whole nother thing, so... See, we live in a world that steps on each other, don't we? we? We live in a world today that specializes in putting people in their place. We live in a, a world that I believe descends down the rabbit hole many, many times. You know, we live in this world that doesn't exactly extend grace these days. And I will tell you, through the years, I have watched people pick up their game pieces and their board and close the box and remove sorry from the table of life. I've watched people demolish marriages, damage kids, disintegrate careers. I have even watched people destroy themselves. The Apostle Paul, he comes along, And he calls Christ followers. He says, wake up. Resist the matrix of the world. Paul Paul makes what seems like an unreasonable demand, maybe even an impossible request. And he says this, get rid of what? All, all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And what I think makes that seem so unfair and unreasonable is Paul doesn't know us. He doesn't know any of us, does he? He doesn't know our stories. He doesn't know the heartbreaks in our life. He doesn't know about our relationships our spouses, our our kids, our parents, our bosses, our neighbors. He doesn't know anything about us. And yet he says, this is my expectation. This is what I want you to do. And it's based on our calling. Paul says, do it, do that, no exceptions. This is not a case-by-case situation. Hey, hey, Paul, let me tell you what happened in my life. 
You know, let, let, let me tell you my sad story. I, I have a right to be bitter and angry. No, Paul just says, get rid of it. This stuff's got to go. As a Christ follower, forgiveness is not optional. And in fact, in the, in the Greek, that, that word for get rid of, it, it's sort of that picture of what you do when you walk into a spider's web. You know how that goes, right? Your first thought, you get in the spider's web, and your first thought's, where's the spider? You know, you, 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 you run into it. You don't pause. You don't analyze things. You immediately do this, don't you? Yeah, you want out. You want the web off of you. That's, that's the picture here. Get rid of uh, the bitterness, the rage, the anger, the brawling, the slander. And just in case Paul didn't touch on your particular thing, Paul adds that little line, along with every form of malice. In other words, that too, whatever it was you were thinking about. Anything, anything that puts a wedge in your relationship with someone. Paul says anything that, that causes you to say things or, or to do things that would cause division in your relationships. He goes, I want you to go into action and I want you to remove it. And friends, as faithful followers of Jesus Christ... It's part of the code that we live by, that we're called to live by. Paul basically says, deal with it. Get to it. You need to be about this. I mean, if there's somebody in your life, ex-spouse, ex-friend, boss, employee, whatever, you fill in the blank, there are always problems in life, yes? Always. There are always issues. It's part of life. That's just a fact. You've got to clear the air. Now, I'm not suggesting you have to become best friends and hang out. But whatever the tension is, Paul says, I want you to deal with it. And this is tough stuff sometimes, isn't it? Because our, our tendency is to initially think uh, about, when we think about this whole forgiveness thing, is to kind of pass it off. Well, it doesn't mean that. You know, it's, it, it's some idealistic notion, but you can't really live like that. We, we treat it like it's an impossibility in our life, you know, I've had people say, they'd be like, well, that's why I don't read the Bible. The Bible has, tells you to do all kinds of stuff you can't do. Hmm. You know, I, I understand why we think that way. I get it. But here's why I think we should take this verse very, very seriously in, in our lives. And that is, Paul didn't write this sitting on some beach in Cancun. He wrote these words while he's in prison. I want you to think about this. He wrote it while he's in prison. 
he's, he's awaiting trial for something he did not do, all right? He's been stripped, beaten several times. His appeals have been ignored year after year after year. His enemies, they keep delaying the trial because they knew if it ever got to trial, they wouldn't have a case. So it seems to me like Paul has every reason to be ticked off. Paul, Paul sh- should have forgiveness issues, I think. It seems that this guy would have the potential to be very angry in his life. But, but instead of amplifying things, instead of allowing it to grow, instead of going down the rabbit hole of anger, Paul writes and he says, deal with it. Deal with all your bitterness and your rage. Deal with all your anger. Deal with all your brawling and slander and malice. No exceptions here. He goes, it doesn't matter what your story is. You got to resist the matrix of the world. Let it go. Not because they deserve it. but because God forgave you. Because it'll be better for you in the long run. See, Paul's been through this. Paul speaks from experience. And I think the other reason we take it seriously is Paul actually believed it could be done in life. And I want you to imagine for a moment, if you could embrace something, you know, an attitude, a mindset that would allow you to let go of all that stuff, that would allow you to be free from the bitterness and the anger in your life. I want you to imagine if you were able to face your worst enemy. I want you to imagine how your life would be transformed if you could live bitterness-free, anger-free, let go of all that frustration. Is it possible? Is it? Paul believes it is. Even after everything that he's been through, sitting in prison there for something he didn't do, he believes it's possible. And so I think we got to listen to this guy a little bit. You know, and here's the truth. Some of you, if you were to tell your story today, here's why I'm angry. Some of you, if, if you were to start in, just the tone of your voice would let us know that you're really ticked off. I mean, some of you, you've actually allowed that anger to spill into all kinds of stuff in your life. Fact is, you're sort of angry at everyone and everything. And, and you carry that, that anger. Some of you, you're, you're a little more sophisticated than that. But deep inside, you haven't told anybody, but you kind of like to vaporize that person. 
Paul says, Christ followers, you have been called by God to get rid of that stuff instead of carrying it and allowing the bitterness and that anger and that malice to grow. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. In other words, the way you deal with the people you don't want to run into, that, that individual that you can't stand to hear their voice, the mention of their name, that, that, that person that really gets under your skin in life, you don't want to hear anything about them. There's only one way you deal with it. You forgive. There are two words in the Greek for the word forgiveness. Paul, Paul could have used the term that was used most often. It's the most common term. But, but he doesn't use that one. He uses the relational term. It's the most relational uh, of the two, and it comes with this idea, or carries this idea of continual forgiveness that happens over and over and over and over and over. And so Paul, Paul's saying to the, to the church, when you think about your relationships, you are constantly to give the gift of forgiveness. No, they didn't ask for it. No, they do not deserve it, but you give it to them anyway. It's a challenge, isn't it? I get it. I understand that. I mean, friends, when I think of all the horrific stories that I've heard as a pastor through, through the years about people that have been, uh, you know, fired unjustly, went to prison, been set up, you know, swindled, taken advantage of, you know, things that, that have happened in their relationships, in their marriages, you know, with their kids and custody battles, all the awful things that have occurred that people have told me about where accidents have happened, deaths and catastrophic type things. I will tell you, I find myself getting angry about it sometimes. And so I would never in a million years get up here and say, just forgive, let's have prayer. I know it's more complex than that. Forgiveness sometimes seems unrealistic, except for what Paul says in the next part of this verse. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. See, it's the code. It's the code for us as Christ followers. It's what we spent our time last week talking about. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. See, I, I hurt you. You hurt me. And as long as it's just you and I, well, I'm not motivated to forgive you. And you're not motivated to forgive me. See, forgiveness, it's not based on what they've done. It's not based on whether they're worthy of it or not. Forgiveness is based on how you've been treated by God. 
you forgive. Why? Because you've been forgiven. It's the code. It's what guides us. It's what keeps us together. The issue isn't about how much pain you've incurred. Oh, it was a 7 on a 10 scale. You know, it's not about, I was right, they were wrong. It's not about how how you've been treated by other people. Paul says, it's about how you've been treated by God. That's what's to guide you. As you remember those times when you desperately needed God's forgiveness in your life. Those times when you you promised God for the hundredth time that you wouldn't and you did it anyway. As you remember the times that that you promised God, God, if you'll just get me out of this mess, if you'll just get me through this, I'll never do it again. And God got you out of it. And you just jumped into another fire. And then finally, one day, something transpired in your heart, touched you. And you reached out to God. I'm sorry, God. And God said, I forgive you. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And as Christians, you live in a state of continual forgiveness where God extends it over and over because of Jesus Christ. So when you're tempted to hang on, sink your nails into that bitterness, your anger, you you focus on what God's done for you over and over and over and over again. If you're a Christ follower today, at the cross, you lost the right to not forgive. Christ followers, we are not of this world. We're not. The matrix of the world, the anger, the bitterness, all the rage and the venom. I mean, it may be vogue today, but it all leads to division and hurt and pain. Steal, kill, destroy. That's what Satan's about. But forgiveness in the church is not an option. It's a demand. Why? Because it's the only way that you restore relationships. If you're in a relationship, you know what this is like, right? Now, I'm going to tell you something you're going to find really hard to believe. But sometimes... I offend my wife, Cindy. I know, shocking, isn't it? I just blow it. 
She gets mad. It's my fault. I'll come kind of creeping back. Please forgive me. Now it's up to her. I mean, I, I could cook dinner for her. I could do the laundry. You know, I could try. There's all kinds of things. I've tried them all. But it comes down to one thing. Her deciding that she's going to forgive me, period. If there is no forgiveness, there's no relationship. Forgiveness is the door back in. And as a church, we've been called by God to work together. You know, we've been called by God to do great things in the Riverbend area to do great things for God. But if we are not a community that is characterized by forgiveness, there is no hope. Because it is just a matter of time before someone gets hurt, before you or I mess up. Forgiveness is part of being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, period. Now, don't misunderstand me. We don't have, we've got a certain amount of time, and I can only explain so much. There are times you confront, okay? There are times you protect. There are times you hold people accountable. But forgiveness has to be at the center. And I know forgiveness isn't always easy, but it is fundamental to being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. It's part of the code, why? Because not only because it's the only way to, to have a relationship with someone, but forgiveness is the number one message of the church. And I think there's something really messed up and very strange about forgiven people whose message is about the forgiveness of God who won't forgive each other. Now, maybe you've been to church and had that experience where they talk about the gospel, they talk about grace, they talk about forgiveness, they talk about all this stuff, but nobody gets along with each other. There's a lot of finger pointing, spiritual arrogance. Friends, something's wrong there. That's why Paul says you got to get rid of all of it, get it out. It's like a disease. You know, if you found out tomorrow you had cancer, your first reaction would not be, well, I wonder how I got that. That, that would be later. But after the initial fear, you immediately go, can I get rid of it? Is there a cure for this? That's how we're to handle anger in our lives. Paul says, I don't care where it came from. I don't care who's to blame. Just get rid of it. It's, if discovering the source is part of the process for getting rid of it, okay, fine, I get it. But, but let's be absolutely clear. The source isn't the issue. It's not. E, even if the, that person 
were to come to you today, that person that offended you, hurt you, whatever, and they came to you and they fell on their knees before you and said, I was wrong, I'm sorry. They could not return to you what they took from you. That, that person that, that took your reputation, they cannot give you that reputation back. That, that, that boss that, that caused you grief all those years can't give you back what you lost during those years. Do, do you know what the tragedy is here? We hold people hostage for things they absolutely cannot give us back. And so why not just forgive them? Free yourself from it. It is not until you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, have the guts to take all that pain, all that hurt, all that, all that garbage, the, the insensitivity that, that's around us, and we take all that stuff and we hold it up to the light of what God has done for us, that's, that's the moment that you get motivated to forgive. God, in light of everything you've done for me, I'm going to let this go. Now, I want to say something. If, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you're here, you're searching, kind of checking out the faith and stuff. It, here's my best advice for you, okay? Your first step is not to try and deal with the people who hurt you. Your first step has to be receiving God's forgiveness in your life. And I know what you're thinking. You're going, well, I've asked God to forgive me hundreds of times. No, I'm talking about something different here, okay? I'm talking about accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, but putting, putting him front and center in your life. That's where you start. That's where you start. Because a relationship with God, when, when you find that you find the power to forgive because of that. In fact, I believe it's very, very difficult to forgive when you haven't experienced God's forgiveness in your life. It's just a fact. Christ followers, here's my best advice to you. Forgive. Just forgive. The bitterness, the anger, malice, all that stuff, it will eat you up. It will take you down the rabbit hole, and we are called by God to forgive. Forgiveness, friends, it can begin today. It is possible you forgive. Why? Because you've been forgiven. I'm not, I'm not saying this is easy stuff. But it's the code. It's what we're called to as followers of Christ. Let's, let's bow in a word of prayer together.
our holy God. God, I pray that um, your Holy Spirit would just uh, nudge us. In fact, I know right now, Lord, there are people that are seeing faces, hearing names, things are running through their mind. And God, I pray that your Spirit would give us courage, power, just get rid of it let it go oh they may not deserve it they can't earn it God I pray that you would just remind us that we don't deserve it either God I pray that uh, we'd be faithful Lord whatever it is you call us to do God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, your forgiveness. God, I thank you that a hundred times I've fallen down, you've picked me back up. A hundred times more and you're still picking me up. God, help us to be people that forgive, that have grace, that extend mercy. God, help us to be different than the world. Be people of grace. God, we thank you that you loved us so much you sent your son to die on the cross for us. Hope of the world. We give you the glory with all we say and do. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God's people said, Allow this uh, song to minister to you right now. There'll be prayer teams down front following service.